We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. What a night in the NBA last night. We've got a lot to talk about from Suns, Pelicans. Who would have expected that series to be where it's at right now? We'll talk a little bit of news as well. Jalen Brunson, his situation. Ben Simmons, of course, everything going on there. I'm Trevor Lane, by the way. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Keith Smith joining me at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, I'll be honest. You know, we did our weekend update. And ever since then, yesterday... When you dropped that bomb on me and you told me that there are people out there that don't like Moon Knight, I have not been able to get that out of my head. I'm like, what are people thinking? This is amazing. It's driving me a little bit crazy, I will admit. Yeah, there are definitely people who who are not fans. I actually met a person uh, in uh, met a person in person. I guess that's a weird way to put that, but met IRL. a uh, met IRL. today. IRL, yeah, is that what we say? That's nowadays? what the kids say. Yeah, they um. I was actually at the eye doctor and he just randomly said he first he, he commented about we I was wearing a Celtic shirt and he asked me about the series and then he said um he said uh just out of nowhere he's like, he's like do you like Marvel and I was like yeah, actually, he goes, are you watching Moon Knight? I was hoping he was going to be like, I knew it. You are a front yeah, office right. show. Yeah, I was going to say, did you get like, recognized? No, 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 it didn't go that way. And then he's like, you watch a Moon Knight? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, he's like, yeah, me too. He goes, but I'm just not into it. He's like, I find it really boring. He goes, and I, I could do without all the Indiana Jones stuff. And I was like, oh, no. Man, so I love it. Yeah, Jones. I was. I was a little, little, uh, little disappointed, but at that point they called me back, and uh, and that's why my eyes are dilated. If anybody's watching on YouTube, and I look like a Disney cartoon character <laughs> with giant pupils today, this is why. <laughs> it's it's Keith the animated version for for that's today's it, show. Yeah. So if you're listening yeah. to the podcast version of this, go check out the the YouTube channel so you can see <laughs> what it is that that we're talking about. All right. Well, Moon Knight or otherwise, I guess let's kick things off with, I mean, Pelicans and Suns. My my goodness. We got a 2-2 series here. Now, I mean, Devin Booker being out certainly is a big factor here. But the Pelicans, they brought the energy. They were fired up. You had you had Alvarado was making big plays, stealing the ball from, from Chris Paul. You had, I mean, just that, that place was rocking. Brandon Ingram doing things. And now you've got a best of three series. Are are we headed towards a Denver-Seattle-esque 1-8 upset? Oh, man. I don't know. I still don't think so, yeah. but maybe I'm just late coming around on the Pelicans' real chances here. I mean, if you're 2-2, you clearly have given yourself a chance. Mm-hmm. Now, 
you know, we could say Phoenix did their job. They they got back home court advantage, but but we're gonna see you know where where this ultimately goes here. Um, uh, you know, as they transition back to Phoenix, but the Suns need to get back to I think just playing their game because I think they tried to the, the Pelicans want to be physical. They want to play tough. They want to you know really kind of not not dirty but they want to make the game real messy like they, they just want to turn it into a rock fight if they can and the Suns are kind of playing into that more than I thought that they would and they're struggling with it more than I thought they, they would too I, I thought the Suns were kind of built to play that way with guys like Jay Crowder yeah. and Chris Paul and and uh, DeAndre Ayton but yeah they're they're having some troubles uh, with this and I think even like having a guy like Mikhail Bridges who is so good if he's not guarding Brandon Ingram there's not necessarily anybody to put him on because the Pelicans don't really have a guy like that to 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 go put bridges on. I guess you could put him on CJ McCollum, but then where do you put Chris Paul? Right. And it's just been very messy. So yeah, I mean, shout out to to New Orleans or as the uh, the fans in uh, New Orleans are calling. Have you seen this? What they're calling the Pelicans? No, I haven't seen this. The Murder Birds. Murder Birds. That's what they're calling them. <laughs> it's amazing. Murder Birds. Yeah. Okay. Yep. They're calling them the Murder Birds. So, uh, oh man, I mean, I love it. I love when people get all fired up for for this stuff and come up with their stuff. And Herb Jones, oh, man, my that goodness. dude, he was everywhere. You, you were the tweet of the night on that one, there, Keith. That was <laughs> that was uh, that was just a, a solid bit of tweeting there from you. Um, Eli, you you yeah, did Elon he, proud, he, I should say. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. New new Twitter owner, Elon Musk. Um, that is not a I did not make that phrase up. There was a very famous poster. I did not have it, but one of my best friends did. And it was Dion Stan Sanders oh. standing in front of like the earth, and it said Dion did water covers seventy one percent of the earth. Uh Dion Sanders covers the other covers the rest or something. It's it's been used in baseball. Yeah. There were some there were people like full on, you know how this goes sometimes. People get in your mentions and start fighting with each other. Um, there were people full on arguing about it where somebody's like, Who cares it's just funny like just take it as a joke he's like you have to give proper credit it was first said by some guy didn't covering a baseball game and then somebody else is like dude that was written in like 19 like oh three or something about some outfielder so yeah it's just kind of funny like uh, you know how that stuff goes sideways yeah well that's that's twitter for you that's the way it goes yep, sometimes it. it's your problem now elon your problem now yeah that's it clean it up <laughs> clean up that mess. but in any event and i love twitter it's it's you know where i spend a lot of time but in any event um yeah spending a lot of time is not the same as loving it <laughs> well, I mean, it's Twitter can be entertaining, especially I'll, I'll say this. Twitter is more entertaining when you don't have a dog in the fight. Like, so, so for right now I'm just <laughs> standing back, true. just, just watching the, the chaos that is yep. NBA Twitter. Uh, speaking of which, isn't it, it's pretty amazing looking across the first round, there is one series and you know that that series obviously very well, but one series that is set up to be a sweep right now. Usually it feels yeah. like in the first round, there's at least a few sweeps where the series isn't even all that entertaining and you, just, you know what's going to happen. Even the ones where we felt pretty strongly like, okay, Miami is simply better than Atlanta. Even those ones, they've, they've fought back. You've got a 3-1 series, at mm-hmm. least adds a little bit of intrigue. So far, so good for round one of, of the NBA playoffs, just in terms of the amount of kind of drama that gets added into it. Yeah, I think so. I, I do think the East is 
probably gonna wrap up yeah. here in the next couple of days. I don't think I hey, you know, if the Celtics don't win today, I think they'll win in game five. Uh over the Nets, I think the the Heat will take care of it in in uh, five back in Miami. Uh same with Milwaukee. And then that comes down to um I just it just slipped my mind what the last one is. Well what which one did I miss there? The four or five in the Philly, East is Philly uh, and Toronto. Philly and Toronto. Yep. Yeah, I think Philly will also get that one too in, in five. five. Yeah. So I think the East will close down, and then then they'll switch to they're they're gonna uh, switch to playing uh, uh, probably this weekend because uh, uh, series starts can be pushed up uh, as early as this weekend, Saturday and Sunday for game games one game ones Off of the two. second round. So I, I think we're gonna see that that uh, get pushed up. I just don't see any of those series extending in the West. Yeah, maybe we got a. I mean, we got a couple. We know are at least going six. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll see about the. I mean, look, I'll say this: you've got well, you've got three that are good that are going six: Dallas and Utah, Phoenix and New Orleans, Memphis True. and Minnesota. Yeah. Now, uh, but looking at like yeah. Philly, Toronto, I'll be keeping a close eye on Joel Embiid. We talked about that thumb injury over the weekend. If that is a thing, and it's affecting his shot, I think that could change that. That's it. Like if this thing goes three two, ooh. sure. Then, then it gets to be nervous time in Philly. I mean, all the pressure is Absolutely. on Philly, like a hundred percent. Toronto is playing house money yep. now. Like it's like, and, and and we've seen this a couple times. Again, I don't think they are going to fail with the. Um, how do I put this? They're not going to become the first team to blow a three zero lead, but if it's tight in the fourth quarter of Game Five. I maybe start to favor Toronto because it's just you tighten up as the team that's like, we got to get this closed out because the last thing Philly wants to do is go back to Toronto again for a game six. They wouldn't have Matisse Thibel. Mm-hmm. Um, Toronto, get clear, that place will be an absolute madhouse if they can get it back there, get the series back there. And then you get into a game seven. And just weird stuff happens in game sevens all the time. You know, a, you know, then you're in the single game elimination point and it just gets weird. But yeah, I, I really do think, um, I, close it on. I think you're going to see all, um, the E series end today or tomorrow, mm-hmm. um, ago, but over in the West, as you said, yeah, three or two, two, I do think the Warriors will get closed out in five. I think yes, they'll, they'll finish off the Nuggets. But I wouldn't be surprised if we get at least two, maybe even three game sevens out of those other ones. Yeah, I mean, Memphis and Minnesota, it would it feels like it would be a tragedy if that didn't go seven at this point, just because that's been such an epic uh, slobber knocker there. If I want to go good old JR on that one, those guys, those two teams have been going back and forth after each other. And then Dallas mm-hmm. and, and Utah, I still think Dallas is the better team. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me if that finished in six. But I mean, now that it's 2-2, anything can happen here. So it's going to be interesting to see the way this plays out. And again, I still have to fall back on Phoenix. Like the longer this series goes and the Pelicans stay in it, the more you think, is this, is Devin Booker being out really going to be it for the Suns? But at this point, I still have to fall back on. We've had a whole season of the Suns being excellent. And we have to believe that's what we're going to ultimately yeah. see. And that's going to going to be the way this series goes. It, and role players play better at home. True. So maybe they get, get that win um, when they go back home. I do think what's also interesting is we, we get into like that, like real thought process for the, the, like the longer this goes, the more the Pelicans kind of gain. It's, it's, different from the NCAA tournament because it's on single game elimination, but we always here in the tournament that low seed 
hangs around when you mm-hmm. get under you know the eight minute mark in the second half. Now they start to believe, right? And they're like, we're here. We're, we're not going away. And then that's when it gets real tight for the higher seed. Well, it's 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 not the game within a game that that works necessarily, but within a series. You go into the last uh, you know couple games and the team is hanging around and they're still in the series. Now it becomes a problem. And clearly this Pelicans team, they, I think they came in with the attitude of we're supposed to lose, but – Hey, we got to play the games anyway. I had a coach once who used to tell us all the time, whenever we were playing a team that should beat us, he'd be like, hey, guys, we got to go there anyway. We might as well go there to win, right? And we'd go play in a holiday tournament and be like, well, we're going. Might as well bring home a trophy, right? Might as well. Like, that was just his (laughs) – yeah, like, that was just his way of, like – Kind of trying to take the edge off of like, you know, don't be nervous. Like, like we're, we're okay. So, yeah, I think this is going to be really, really interesting um, to see how this all comes together. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let's let's jump over. And by the way, yes, I, I agree 100 percent that we're going to be it's going to be interesting to see the way this whole cl- this whole thing closes out. Um, but let's jump over to the uh, to the Jalen Brunson situation with the Mavs. Yeah. So Jalen Brunson's dad. Let it be known that the Mavs are not going to get a hometown discount. We've talked a lot about the free agent market this summer and how ridiculously shallow it is. There's just not a lot out there. Jalen Brunson being one of the guys that that's out there on the market, he's, I mean, he's set to cash in. Not, there's not a lot of money out there either, but the teams with cap space are certainly looking at Jalen Brunson. He's, he's probably the top, if not one of the top names on sure. the market. So with that being the case, they're kind of already putting out there like, hey, no, Dallas, if you want to keep him, you're going to have to pay. And I, I think I think he's going to get a pretty hefty payday. And, and this is really what he should be putting out there right now. Like this is his chance for generational sure. wealth. Why not make it clear that, hey, like I, I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity. I know what the market looks like and I'm going to make sure that I get myself set up for the future here. And if anybody doesn't know, Jalen Brunson's dad is Rick Brunson, who played in the league for a very long time uh, and has also been a coach as well. So I think he might be speaking from an educated place on this rather than just a proud dad you know, firing off of like, hey, you want my kid, you're going to have to pay for him. But I do think what's really very um, fun to monitor with this, too, is because you mentioned the teams with cap space because we've already heard the Pistons and Pacers connected Mm -hmm. to him. But we're hearing a lot of teams that don't have cap space, but teams that could maybe make for interesting sign-and-trade partners. Primarily the New York Knicks is one of the top ones that is mentioned, and there's been a lot of thoughts of, you know, there's maybe some matches yeah. there if you, you can figure out. My guess is Dallas would rather keep him if they can, right, as long as, long as it doesn't get too crazy. You start getting upwards of 25-plus million. If you're the Mavericks, you have to really evaluate yeah. at that point, you know, where, where do we want to go? But what's what makes – the Chris Stapps Porzingis trade so interesting now in retrospect, as we look at it, you know, clear a few months is it was going to be hard for Dallas to build out a roster. We're seeing this now. I think we're going to start to see some tweaks to this blowed up three star model Agreed. type thing. I think teams are realizing you got to have I think some that era. I think we are moving out of that era. I think that's what's happening I around do. the NBA right you know, now. Two, I think you can make work. Mm-hmm. I think. But, you know, going beyond. And I think what for Dallas, I think they correctly read or would add Luca on his max, which is going to be about thirty six and a half million. Would add Porzingis at 30 plus million and then Brunson at let's call it 20 to 25 million. 
then you got some other guys, right? You still have Hardaway. You had uh, um, uh, Reggie Dwight Bullock, Powell. Dwight yep. Powell. Yeah, you, you get those guys, Dorian Finney-Smith, who they also wanted to extend. I think that was why they correctly said, hey, if we can split Porzingis' deal into a couple smaller deals, which become tradable, now we can do that. And what that opens you up to do is, even if a team doesn't have cap space, as long as there's not going to be tax implications that are real rough or hard cap problems, you can trade those guys into a trade exception. And there's some pretty big trade exceptions mm-hmm. floating around there still around the league. So that's where that gives you just that much more flexibility. Whereas, and I promise I didn't use this as a very long segue to pick on the Lakers, but their challenge with Russell Westbrook is, we're sitting on this big deal and there's only so many teams that, can, that have even the ability sure. to absorb it. And that that's why I think Dallas correctly read the room and said, all right, Porzingis is not that guy. He is not the lift us over the top to the chin. We're title contenders with him, Luke and 10 other guys. It doesn't matter. So I think they correctly said, hey, let's split this up. We're going to build around Luca, And now this may be part of the reason why they may be able to retain Jalen Brunson in the end. Because then instead of sitting on the three big 25 million plus contracts, maybe you're only sitting on two and you, you figure it out and work it out from there. So when you're looking at that, that strategy too, not only have you split up, because you looked at, at Davis Bertans, you looked at Spencer Dinwiddie, those were guys that the, the Wizards most likely regretted signing right there was some buyer's remorse there they they weren't fans of those deals but you split up that contract to make them removable and now you've got a pretty solid performance out of spencer dinwiddie in particular right so you kind of got you got the best of both worlds not only did you split up the contract but you also got some positive performance here now to where you can say hey we don't have to trade spencer dinwiddie see this can fit this can work no problem um, and then that gives you a little bit more leverage in any kind of trade negotiations and and that sort of thing so um and I could also think, too, just, yeah. just real quick to kind of close the loop on this one. I got to think, too, if you're Dallas, you're looking at it and saying, and I realize this may sound absolutely insane because he has not played well, well, uh, really since signing that contract. But you'd be looking at it and saying, hey, if we can get Davis Burton's bot back on track, like just being the shooting machine that he yep. was playing with Luca, we is he really all that different for us than what Porzingis was? Different style of player, but production value may end up being right around the same for literally half the cost. And that is, you know, that that that's becomes massive because that again, that changes the way you think about building your roster moving forward. But yeah, that that's probably something we'll when we have more time on another show, just really get into the the theories around yeah. roster building where we might see some some things starting to change. But yeah, we're we're both clearly on the same page of I think we're we're seeing a shift here. We're we're moving away from the uh, load up, you know, three guys and you know stars and scrubs, uh, fantasy sports kind of analogy. There, yeah, teams are teams are starting to understand that obviously, and the Lakers, are, of course, are a cautionary tale of what happens if you don't give enough respect to the role players and and what that means to have that mm-hmm. chemistry and all those sorts of things. So again, a much bigger topic for us to get into on another day, but still uh, let's jump over to Ben Simmons. Uh, ben Simmons and Rich Paul met with the Nets and with Sean Marks uh, to discuss the future moving forward, kind of what this looks like. How do you eventually get it back on the floor? Reports were that there was some disappointment among the Nets that Ben Simmons would not be playing in game four. Keith, you, you've been saying for the last few days now that this was probably what was going to happen. If it was 3-0, Ben Simmons would not wind up playing, and that is exactly how it went down. But still, the Nets apparently were fairly optimistic that, hey, this guy's going to play, and then suddenly they got word that, no, I, I'm not. 
where do they go from here? There's a lot of talk right now about the Nets and and looking at them as kind of a, a mess and, and all of that. But what do they go? Where do they go from here with Ben Simmons? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to say something before I get into that conversation one, uh, just if I can. I The discourse around Ben Simmons online, it's getting gross, guys. Just stop. Like, it's not funny. You're not funny when you make the 400th joke about this guy being fragile and being a sure. mental midget and stuff like that. And we, we don't know what he's going through. And now, if you want to be honest and have a fair discourse of – Hey, if you if you if if this being your job causes you this kind of mental anguish, maybe this shouldn't is not the job sure. for you. That's a fair question to ask and a fair you know conversation to have. But just the you know ripping on him and saying he's fully making it up and stuff, it just leaves me feeling very cold because I don't we don't know and we're learning more and more about this stuff. Where you know I mean whether we go back to Kevin Love or Paul George or some of the other guys who have spoken out in recent years uh, about these things of just, you know, Hey, this is where this has left me, you know, and this is, you know, kind of, kind of where I'm at with these things. And I just, you know, so I just, that's kind of, I guess I'm probably pleading to deaf ears here because if you're that kind of person, you don't want to hear it, but that's just kind of where, where, where I'm going with this. Where, where, oh, go I ahead. Mean, I'm just, sorry. I think there's, it's, Fair to from the team perspective, he's getting paid a lot of money to play basketball and he's not playing basketball, right? Like there's there's sure. that side yeah. to this where you can be frustrated with with mm -hmm. that sort of, of situation. Um, I've been fighting that battle with Lakers fans about Kendrick Nunn. A lot of people taking a lot of shots at him, and I'm saying, look, he wants to be on the floor physically. He can't, he's not telling his body to to be yep. hurt. He doesn't want to be hurt. He wants to play basketball. I think the challenge is a lot of people are seeing Ben Simmons as saying, well, he, he doesn't even care about basketball. He doesn't want to play and all that. They're jumping to conclusions with this and yep. making assumptions. And that's where it can get dangerous at the same time. Like if this, if this ever comes out, if it ever ends up that what fans are saying turns out to be the truth, that this isn't nearly as bad as what he's made it out to be, or that he can play. Like if it, if it ever gets to that point, that's going to be devastating for a lot of the progress that we've made in, in the topics that you're talking about in terms of, of mental mm -hmm. health. So I, yeah. it's something I, that we're going to have to handle carefully. But yeah. again, I can understand the frustration from people who are saying, Hey, we've been, you know, this is a whole season now that, that he's sure. lost. Now there've been some physical issues as well, 
but mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a tough topic to to handle and do it without falling on one side or the other other of the issue. I think a couple very quick things just to kind of reply to that. I think if if it yeah if it ever came comes out that this wasn't real to the levels that yeah. it is, then unload for sure go nuts like because that's you know denny deserves every bad thing that comes his way because this is not you you don't do this but for for now for for me i'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt just because we you don't know what people are struggling with you know you know and and again fair to be skeptical because the circumstances are weird right i asked for a trade i didn't get one i didn't show up now a lot of this stuff has come out Totally understand your skepticism. Totally understand the frustration of, man, like whether you're Philadelphia or Brooklyn, this guy's making $33 million or was at least, but, and not playing basketball. And like that, that's a, you know, we, we called it the entire time it was on Philly. It's a $33 million salary hole that you yep. have that you cannot literally do anything with. It's not an injury. You can't get a, no disabled player exception or anything like that. So it's, it is in, there's a grievance and an arbitration and all those things that are happening now. That's going to be very fascinating to watch play out just from a, a standpoint of, you know, where, where does this go? I'm with that. Now you asked the very simple question and then I turned into <laughs> a whole other discussion as I'm apt to do. Where do the nets go? Um, where they go for whatever remains of this series is just don't play them. There's literally no upside to, to it. Barring you think he's going to come in and save your, your, your season and you're going to win because he plays if you really felt that way then sure figure out a way to get him on the court my guess is everybody realizes like that it's just not that i I don't know that prime michael jordan saves this team down 3-0 it just not it's just not how these things work is it going to happen at some point yes it is going to happen and team will come back from down 3-0 it's happened in in other sports it will happen in the nba eventually but I tend to think you just play out the rest of the season, get him to where he needs to be so that when you open camp at the end of September, he's out there yep. with the guys and you're ready to unleash whatever it is you think you can be as the Nets and give your – now we're hearing reporting from Mark Stein that Steve Nash's job maybe isn't in jeopardy even if they lose uh, this series. So then give Nash and his staff the time to prep and prepare and figure out or what do we think is the most optimal way to use Ben Simmons on a team that features Kevin Durant, 99% Kyrie Irving will be back. So we'll include him in there in some shooting, Uh Joe Harris, Seth Curry. Well, what does that look like? Let's, let's really sit, work through that and figure this out so that we can come back. And I I've held for a while now. I think we have a chance to be really, really good next year. It's just not in the cards right now in this moment. It just isn't. It's it's too many things have happened. You're better off just waiting. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with that. I think once, as long as you're being realistic and you say, look, nobody's come back from 3-0, the, the season's over, essentially, right? If mm-hmm. you're the Nets, what's your incentive to put him out on the floor? If it's just to prove that he can get out yeah. there and play... Okay. I mean, we talked about that with Paul George. Like there was value to just getting him on the floor and make him feel comfortable. If he doesn't feel that way, then you know what? Just look, just kick the can down the road, bring him back next season. And then, and then off you go. But again, the the report being that the Nets were actually hoping he was going to play that suggests that the Nets weren't looking at it that way, that they indeed did want him out there on the floor. But I don't think it matters that much for this season for them. 
No. So you know, I don't know if it's anything to lose sleep over. Get him back for the summer, see what happens, try to get him to start preseason, and uh, and then there you go, and uh, and off and running mm-hmm. with him. So we'll we'll see what ultimately happens yep. here, and maybe you can build out a roster that fits a bit better alongside Simmons and uh, and KD and and Kyrie. By the way, you mentioned would Prime Michael Jordan fix this? Imagine Prime like th- this just popped in my head. Put Prime Michael Jordan on this team. With Kyrie and Kevin Durant in the world of Twitter. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. What what would happen? Like, what would have happened with the whole Kyrie situation with him being gone half the season and and all of that? Oh, my goodness. No, he would have been gone for all of the season (laughs) because he would have been Michael Jordan would have had him. uh, He would have either had him back in uniform and playing or gone, gone and off the team entirely and traded and and everything else. Yeah, he is. uh, Yeah, they're, you know. (laughs) He didn't always handle it in the most graceful no. ways, but uh, Michael Jordan had, had a way of ha- handling his business as far as his teams teams went. But yeah, I they they, they I don't need to restate it. It's just you know because people have also asked like, well, if they win Game Four, does he play Game Five? I think now, yeah, that's it. Like uh, you're not going to see him. You know, me. I don't. I don't even want to go to Game Six and Game Seven. Part of it because I don't want to go to Game Six or Game Seven. Like that's you know, let's just get that out there. Well, these get the series over with if you're Boston. I will say for tonight's game, the Nets looked very close at points. A handful of them, like were kind of done mm-hmm. in Game Three. Um, if there was ever a game, if you were Boston, come out flying, try to get that big lead and it, try to get them when they go into halftime. Break them. Start thinking about vacation. Yep, and being like, get it done. For sure. Absolutely. That's that's what I think. And that's kind of what I'm expecting. I don't think we're going to see this Nets team come out and fight the way, like, say, Denver did last night. I, my expectation is the Nets are going to come out, put forth a little bit of effort. As soon as they get punched, though, I think they're going to wilt and, and that's going to be uh, the end of, of this series. But that's that's just my guess. I, I hope they prove me wrong because I would like to see uh, a closer game throughout. But I, I think we're at the Nets breaking point and we're going to see them uh, kind of run out the clock on their season here. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think they are. Uh, I, I just think they're done. They, they, I've seen this Kyrie Irving show mm-hmm. before, as I said on Twitter. I witnessed it up close, and then I think uh, watching, um, you know, Kevin Durant. I think he's just beyond frustrated now. I think of like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to be done. Okay, last thing that we've got before I've got to run off and do some radio stuff. Uh, Nasir Cunningham signs with Overtime Elite. 
And that's, yeah. that's a bit significant here. So see you later, high school. <laughs> so, yes, that's the thing. So, so you're probably like, who? <laughs> well, I don't blame you if you don't know who he is, because he's not even going to graduate high school till 2024. He's high school class of 2024. So he's a sophomore in high school right now. But what he did with overtime elite is he is forfeiting his final two years of high school to essentially turn pro. Now, why I say essentially is he is going to take uh, overtime elite, which is was kind of sort of created to challenge college in the G League Ignite process mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, what he did was he took, they have a new scholarship option. So what will happen is he will go on scholarship with them versus drawing a salary uh, from them, which will keep his NCAA eligibility intact. So he's the number one recruit in his class right now, but he is a sophomore. A lot of stuff changes in these high school rankings sometimes as they get into their junior and senior years. So if, if he drops and he's maybe not, <clears throat> excuse me, quite ready, for the NBA or he still wants to go to play at a big time college program, he'll be able to do that because what will happen is did you, you only lose that eligibility. Now, if you get paid to play your sport, it may, and it may be, I think it is still any sport like actually paid for playing. Now here's the crazy part. He still got the NIL eligibility, the, the uh, name image likeness. So as a would be high school junior, He's going to make a bunch of money off of that, too, while he goes off and does uh, stuff with Overtime Elite. And they, they play high-level programs that are on the high school level, as well as a series of games within their own organization and things like that. So uh, this is really kind of a new path that's being forged for for kids as we're, we're seeing this. You know, uh, Nasir Cunningham basically say, I'm out after two years of high school. I'm gonna go gonna go this route instead. And he said they built a relationship with him. His family feels really good, and he wants to get into a place where he is uh, what's best for him as a basketball yeah. player. He wants to be you know moving his professional path forward. So let's let's keep an eye on this and see where see where this goes here. Um, you know, overtime, Ali. You can read on it. Go Google it and look it up. He will go to classes. He will still get it. There's a you know big heavy uh, educational component. This essentially rivals the academy models. That that's what I was just going to say. Everywhere yeah. else in the world. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's what what's different. Other though, then they are not linked directly with an NBA team, obviously, because it's not how our professional sports work. But that's what what this is like. This is the academy model at work. Right. This is. I mean, it's it's similar to like the soccer system, and so it's it's yep. going to be interesting to see how all this plays out, and then what you know ultimately is this becomes a bigger and bigger thing, whether it's G League Ignite, this academy esque system. How does NCAA respond to all of this? How do rules? How, you know, there's going to be a domino effect here. So how do they tweak things in terms mm -hmm. of NBA eligibility and all that? Do we ultimately go to a a two or none scenario instead of one and done? Do we do we go to something like that uh, for college? It, it's going to be interesting to see what the, the ramifications are if this becomes a bigger. I think one player doing it. That probably doesn't yeah. signal a huge shift or whatever. Yep. But if we start to see other people go this route, then there's going to be a domino effect here or a ripple effect where it's going to leak into college sports. It's going to potentially affect the, the G League as well. Just the whole process by which a player goes from that level play up to the NBA, we could be in the middle of a, a continuing shift away from the traditional 
go to college for this many years, then you go pro, then this happens. You know, I think we're looking at a mm -hmm. shift in terms of how players become professionals. Yeah, I know everywhere else in the world does it this way. That's how you get Luka Doncic as mm -hmm. a 15 and 16-year-old playing against professionals in in uh, Spain uh, the way he did. And this is also, as you, you get into this stuff, um, other sports and even the United States do it this way, whether it be tennis or golf or, you know, so, some of the individual sports are, are done this way. It's our team sports. Mm -hmm. sports that are not but we've even seen some of the major yep. a little bit more towards this style um part of that again is to keep up with what's going on in the rest of the world it's it's just something to keep an eye on for now but we we wanted to mention it because it's a it's you know it's kind of history and it's a whole new path forward so yeah all right we'll wrap things up there appreciate everybody for joining us make sure you do subscribe to the nba front office youtube channel don't forget to ring that notification bell as well and of course follow us over on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever it is that you listen to podcasts we love getting those reviews over on apple Podcasts. always great to read those till next time everybody see ya and stay safe the headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place the elites in charge say everything's fine stop noticing but you know better and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com